Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. Sunday School Lesson for the 3rd of April in the year 2022. And our topic for today's lesson is Faith is Possible After Failure. Faith is Possible After Failure. And then the focal verse is Mark the 14th and the 27th verse. Mark chapter 14, verse 27. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. That's the King James Version. And this is the L.G. Parkhurst, Jr., Sunday School Lesson, and you can find it at, at OUOSU.com. And this is based on the International Sunday School Lesson. Faith is possible after failure. Faith is possible after failure. And we're Mark, the 14th chapter, the 26th through the 31st verses, and then we skip on down to the 66th through the 72nd verses. Now, during Jesus' last supper, which is the celebration of the Passover with his disciples, Jesus made a new covenant that he would create when he shed his blood on the cross. Now, Jesus came to die to suffer a substitutionary sacrificial death on the cross so our loving God could be just and merciful and forgive and cleanse and give the Holy Spirit and eternal life to all repentant believers who trusted in Jesus Christ as Son of God, Lord, and Savior. At that meal, Jesus foretold that Judas would betray him. Oh, what a day, what a day, what a day, my God. At the close of the Last Supper, they sang a hymn and went to the Mount of Olives to pray. Here, Jesus foretold to his disciples that all of his disciples would desert him and flee. He knew the scriptures and he foretold what would happen based on the scriptures. And Jesus quoted Zechariah, the 13th chapter and the 7th verse. Moreover, before he came to earth, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus inspired the Old Testament writers to prophesy and describe both his first and second comings. Jesus came as the good shepherd and demonstrated he came as a good shepherd and demonstrated those qualities during his ministry and after his resurrection from the dead. He would gather them again as a shepherd gathers his sheep. Jesus' disciples still did not accept or understand the teachings he had given them repeatedly about his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Peter jumped to the defensive about the prediction all of the disciples would fall away. It is unlikely he paid any attention to Jesus' prediction that he would rise again and travel to Galilee and see them there, something they would not 
do until after Jesus appeared to them in Jerusalem and by his appearances convinced them that he had risen from the dead. He would see them at the Sea of Tiberias, also called the Sea of Galilee, and we can see that in the 21st chapter of St. John. Peter was the first disciple to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah, and he also tried to talk Jesus out of going to die, even rebuking Jesus, and we can see that in Mark the 8th chapter, the 27th through the 33rd verses. Peter was continuing to set his mind on the things of man instead of on the things of God, and that's Mark 8 and 33. He would set his mind on the things of God after the day of Pentecost when he would preach the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly and many would be converted. And that we can find in Acts 2, the second chapter of Acts. Jesus not only knew the scriptures that he had inspired the Old Testament prophets to write before he was born, he also knew the future of and God's plan for each person and especially demonstrated that through his relationship with his disciples, okay, he proved it. He knew the future. And it says that, you, you see it saying here, he said, Jesus not only knew the scriptures that he had inspired the Old Testament prophets to write before he was born. He also knew the future of and God's plan for each person and especially demonstrated that through his relationship with his disciples. So that's telling us and reiterating right here that Jesus is God. God is Jesus, okay? Now, Jesus calmed the seas, and he easily made it possible for the rooster to crow at the right moment, even when on trial before the high priest, because he is God, okay? Now, not to be outdone by Peter, all of the disciples insisted that, ra that rather than disown Jesus, they would die with him. They still had no concept that Jesus, as powerful as he was as the Son of God and Messiah, they had seen his miracles. They had seen them, okay? They didn't, had no inkling that he would actually be arrested and killed without working a miracle to save himself and them. His arrest would come as a complete shock to them, and they would flee in terror with shattered dreams. See, he had told them, but they had no inkling. No, Lord, we won't desert you. We won't, we won't leave you. We'll never deny you. And they scattered. They scattered. Judas betrayed Jesus with the kiss, and then Jesus was arrested on the Mount of Olives. Peter and John followed at a distance as the arresting officers took Jesus to the high priest for a mock trial. Peter was no doubt so shocked by events, even though he was forewarned that he became afraid of a servant girl of the high priest who could report him to the high priest as one of, the, of Jesus' disciples. 
And we could see in Mark, the 14th chapter, and 67th verse, And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. Now, the week of the Passover, especially on and after Palm Sunday, the disciples would have been happy to be seen with Jesus, the one the crowd supposed was a conquering Messiah and future king over Israel. They would have basked in his shadow, knowing he was the Messiah and thinking they would soon reign R-E-I-G-N, over Jerusalem with him. In spite of all Jesus had taught them, their expectations of the future had not changed. They thought he was going to be like the king, the natural, the earthly king. He was going to reign over the people, be their leader. And then the disciples were thinking, okay, so we're going to be in his court. We're going to be with him in his kingdom here on earth. We're going to be with him, the king. They had it all wrong, all the teaching he had done all the teaching he had done. Peter not only denied knowing Jesus, he lied when he said he did not know what the servant girl was talking about. Earlier, Peter had bravely used a sword to cut off the ear of a servant of the high priest during Jesus' arrest. And we can see that in John, the 18th chapter, the 10th through the 11th verses. Now this servant could have told the story to all the high priest's servants, and this girl, who was also a servant of the high priest, might have been especially looking for Jesus' followers at his trial. All of the high priest's servants may have been on the lookout, especially for Peter, who the high priest's servant might have accurately described even from the dim torchlight at night. Peter denied knowing Jesus and moved toward the entry, which would make, a, make possible a quick exit from the courtyard into the dark night. And this is, um, uh, what is we're assuming here that they could have been looking for them. They could have been spies in the crowd looking for Jesus' disciples. So this is a commentary, and this is part of the commentary. It's not a fact, but it... It could very well be true, too, okay? They might have been on the lookout for the disciples. And so Peter was afraid, and he denied knowing Jesus. So, and the, ma and the maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, this is one of them. So through his speech and demeanor, Peter may have revealed his fear and guilt at having been with Jesus and having committed a crime by attacking the high priest's servant. Peter first denied Jesus in a private conversation with the girl, but she no doubt wanted to prove she was right, so she accused him before those standing around. Perhaps she felt one of them would be able to confirm her belief. And it said, and the maid saw him again. So I'm thinking, okay, was this one or two different maids, okay? And a maid saw him again. It said, and a maid saw him again. And up here in the other verse, it said, and a maid, let me, let me get that saw him again. Let me get up to here. 
Let me see here. He had told them, but he had seen one maid and then he saw him again. The, a maid saw him again. Mm-hmm. And as Peter was beneath in, his, in the palace, there cometh one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also wast with Jesus of Nazareth. And then, of course, and the maid saw, a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. So I don't know whether it's one or more maids, okay? So through his speech and demeanor, Peter may have revealed his, because she said he even speaks like one, might have uh, re you know, revealed his fear and guilt at having been with Jesus and having committed a crime by attacking the high priest's servants. So he was afraid. After a short while, those nearby confirmed the servant girl's observation. Indeed, surely you are one of them. Peter's Galilean accent confirmed that he was from the same region as Jesus, and any Galileans at the trial would be presumed to be one of Jesus' followers. This time, Peter has become so fearful for his life, and this is what he did, but he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom ye speak. So he had become so fearful for his life that he begins to deny Jesus and curse. We're not told if he cursed Jesus too. Now, I, I didn't even think about that, never thought about that, him cursing Jesus. Okay, this is an assumption, okay? This is a commentary, all right? Now, Peter swore to another lie that he does not know Jesus, even referring to his closest friend as the man you're talking about. Now, I know that hurts, that hurts. The rooster crowed at the exact moment Jesus foretold, also indicating that the dawn, D-A-W-N, was near. No doubt the Holy Spirit, the one who would later fill Peter on the day of Pentecost, brought to Peter's mind and heart what Jesus had foretold. The Holy Spirit convicted Peter of his great sin, and Peter broke down and wept with remorse. Peter's dramatic change on the day of Pentecost is further evidence that Jesus indeed rose from the dead. The power of the Holy Spirit made Jesus' followers into new creations, new people who testified about Jesus regardless of the consequences to themselves. Peter's new creation also shows the depth of Jesus' love and willingness to forgive the worst of sinners as he would later forgive and make Saul into a new person. And we're talking about the Apostle Paul. Okay, and, and Jesus had told Peter, he said, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me thrice. And so before the rooster crows two times, you will deny me three times, okay? And just as it happened, as Jesus said, it happened. It happened. 
God knows all. There's no way we can fool him. No way in this world. Okay? Everything that he said, will say, it is true. It is coming to pass. Okay, here are questions for discussion. Here are questions for discussion and thinking further. Number one, how did Jesus know all of his disciples would fall away? Number two, did Jesus go ahead of them into Galilee? If so, when? Three, how many times did Peter deny Jesus? And what did Peter do after he denied Jesus the first time? What did Peter do after he denied Jesus the last time? Number four, who was the first person to claim Peter was one of, of Jesus' followers? Number five, what happened that made Peter quit denying that he knew Jesus? Okay, those are questions for thinking, thinking, thinking. Now we're going to our, uh, our we're going to wrap it up here with this part of the summary, okay? And we know that the scripture, Jesus told them, said, you know, you're going to fall away. You're going to scatter like sheep. And that's what they did. They got afraid and they all left Jesus. Jesus came into the world as the Messiah. And he took on the role of, of the good shepherd. Jesus told his disciples, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's John the 10th chapter and the 11th verse. On his way to lay down his life on the cross, Jesus told his disciples that according to the scriptures, the shepherd would be struck down and the sheep would be scattered. He would die and they would fall away and disown him. They all denied that they would disown him, and especially Peter, who declared that all the others might disown Jesus, but he never would. No matter how much Peter protested, the scriptures would be fulfilled. And Jesus foretold Peter that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed twice, and it was so exactly as Jesus told Peter. Jesus also told his disciples that after he rose from the dead that he would go before them to Galilee. However, they were so unbelieving, they remained huddled in fear in Jerusalem until Jesus appeared to them and proved that he had risen from the dead. Later, exactly as Jesus foretold, he met them in Galilee by the Sea of Tiberias, also called the Sea of Galilee, and we can see that in John, the 21st chapter, thus proving in another way that he who was crucified and buried had risen from the dead. Here, Jesus said three times to Peter, feed my sheep. The sheep who fled when the shepherd was struck became the shepherds themselves, and flocks of Jesus' sheep have spread around the world under the guidance of faithful shepherds. And this is a commentary, and this uh, is by L.G. Parker's Jr., and you can find it at www.ouosu.com. 
And for those who have not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and living a saved and sanctified life, I want to extend to you an invitation to repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and then you will have eternal life. Okay? Whether you die here, if you die here a natural death, your soul will go to God and you will live eternally. Okay? And those who have repented of your sins, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, now you're in a backslidden state. That means that you're not serving Him anymore. This is for you too. This is an invitation because we don't know a microsecond, millisecond. We just don't know when our life is going to be up. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. But we know one thing is a fact, and I believe it with all my heart, that if we're not repentant and acceptive of uh, Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we're not living a saved life, we are not going to make it into the kingdom of God. Nobody's exempt from it. We all have to repent and be saved, and then we will have eternal life. But if we repent and be saved and then backslide, we'll have eternal damnation. That's the second death. That means you'll be in hell forever and ever and ever and ever. And those who have repented and are saved will be in heaven, in the kingdom of God, living with him forever, ever, ever. Okay? So you choose this day. You choose, but I'm still extending the invitation. And I adjure you, I admonish you to for, uh, repent of your sins and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And to those who are saved, continue in the way and live in the life. Be encouraged. No matter what's going on, He'll make it all right. You've just got to stay strong, okay? Repeat after me. Dear God, I repent of my sins. I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins, and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. It's a done deal. Now, Greater Gospel Temple is available online, virtually, <sighs> on the phone, texting, whatever, messages. You can reach me at 469-629-9543. The email address is ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com, all lowercase letters. But there are hundreds of churches. There are people living saved all over this city, all over the world. God will guide you if you ask him to one. If you haven't already, if you're not already in fellowship with a church that has a sanctified leader, God asks God to send you to one or send someone to you to lead you to one, okay? He will do that. His desire is that you be saved, that you live a life of sanctification, and you will be rewarded for that. Okay? I love you so much. I love you so much. This is a Sunday school lesson. You know, there is, when we repent, Lord God, we've got another chance. Hallelujah. And this, uh, like the title of this lesson, Faith is Possible After Failures. I'm an example. I've tried and failed so many times, but look where the Lord has brought me to. 
Faith is possible after failures. We've all sinned and come short of God's glory. We've all messed up. Some are still messing up. And then if you've heard me before, and if you haven't, I'm saying this to you now. I repent daily. Some people say you don't have to repent but once, but I repent daily because I don't know when I might have missed something. I don't know when I might have mistakenly done something that was against the will of God. So just in case, I repent daily because I want to keep a clear line. I want to see Jesus face to face in peace. That's what I want. And I'm doing all I can to do that. I love you so much. Faith is possible after failures. Don't worry about messing up. If you messed up, God will forgive you. Just go back to him and say, God, forgive me. I messed up this time. Help me to do better in the name of Jesus. Now, don't just keep messing up now just because you can and go back to him because, hey, it's not going to last forever like that, okay? You don't want to be caught with your works undone. I love you. Enjoy your day.